Hey, hey, sisters. Welcome to this episode of the Period Whisperer podcast, episode 23, where we are going to talk all about your thyroid. And I don't think you reach our age without hearing, and by our age, I mean this beautiful perimenopause, menopause, age box of 35 and beyond without hearing this word thyroid. And it took some digging, some understanding to realize the importance of this incredible organ in our body and and the role it plays on our metabolism, which of course is our ability to feel energized, awake, and uh, and get, lose weight, and also just the regulation and nourishment of it in the key role that it plays in our overall health. If you are struggling in perimenopause, the thyroid's a key piece for us. Understanding how to nourish it, how to properly take care of it, how to understand if you're struggling with it, and some key tips to get all about your thyroid is what we are talking about in this episode with an amazing woman who specializes in female health, Hannah Mullen. So let's dive on in. But before we do, I just want to let you in on a little secret popping up over here. For the next two months, I am taking on several one-on-one clients in a three-call format, where if you are someone who is struggling with your hormones and what you need is not just direction, but clear support on what to eat, how to eat, what actually is happening in your hormonal health, I want to encourage you to apply for one of these spots. Just email me directly at Bria the Period Whisperer at gmail.com with a title that just says three call coaching, please. And I'll reach out to see if you're a fit. All right, let's dive in and hear all about your thyroid. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey, sisters, I have a special, special treat for you today. I am here with uh, the amazing Hannah Mullen, who is a woman's health nutritionist that specializes um, and really works with this hormone imbalance piece. And we connected through the powers that be on Instagram, and she does a lot of work and has really helped me understand a little bit more about the thyroid and that role it plays in our in our perimenopause. So we're going to have a great conversation with you today and share a little bit more about it. But I want to introduce you and say, welcome, Hannah. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Bria. Thank you so much for having me. It's so awesome. Yeah, it is. It's always really fun when we can just connect and have these normal conversations and start to, you know, bring more awareness to what's happening in our bodies always, but certainly at this time of our lives. Absolutely. 
So can you tell us just a little bit about you, about how you got to, to your area of expertise in life? Yeah, absolutely. So this is my second career. I uh, started out as um, advertising. I worked in agencies and I just found that um, it just wasn't my passion. And I've always been called to the health space, especially women's health. And I'm thinking, you know, why don't I just follow my passion and do this? So that's awesome. I did, and, and here I am. And um, I especially focus on the thyroid. So um, hypothyroidism is the most common, but I mean, everything's connected. So I deal with, with all hormonal imbalances really. And that ends up relating to gut health. And um, there's typically a weight loss component as well. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I'm happy to talk a little bit more about the thyroid as well. Yeah. You know, I think that would be a great place to start because I I was telling you even before we hopped on this call that it's a word that is thrown around a lot. I think in this, again, in our age bracket, you know, thyroid issues or thyroid dysfunction or, you know, the hypo hyperthyroid. And I think, yeah, if you could maybe explain to us what it is and what it does for our bodies as a first start, and then we could get into some other things. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So it's really a superhero organ. Uh, in my opinion, it's a small butterfly shaped gland that's in the front of our neck, kind of right near the voice box. And it sets the metabolic pace for our body. So uh, not only regulating our metabolism, but really the speed of every chemical reaction in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, Nearly every cell in the body has a receptor for thyroid hormones. Um, so it's an endocrine gland, which means that it's uh, secreting hormones throughout the body. And that's our, our thyroid horm- hormone. So, I mean, it's affecting everything from our the speed of our digestion to uh, brain health, um, muscle activity, since that's another, you know, setting the pace of that. Um, so it's really influencing everything in our body at, at any given time. I love that you called it a superhero organ. I think that's so true. When you think about all the roles this tiny little thing plays in our body, it's crazy. It really is. You know, we, we can't live without it and, or we need to be on, on medication to be producing that if it's not functioning correctly. Um, if it's, if it's an extreme state that is, but. And so when, when we reach this kind of beautiful age of 35 plus, and we head into these more pre-menopause, or what I like to call like our second, you know, our, our second puberty time, where obviously things are naturally a bit dysregulated or working harder to stay balanced in our body, because it is a transition that we inevitably go through. How does the thyroid, like, how is that impacted and, and how, how are some of the, like, what are some of the things that we see that um, cause, maybe cause us some discomfort? Yeah. So the thyroid and especially perimenopause are definitely related because I mean, in perimenopause, as you know, the hormones, it, it kind of becomes a roller coaster um, that can throw the thyroid off. And I mean, one in six women are going to experience thyroid issues at some point in their life. And those are primarily, um, seen in, in most of the time these go undiagnosed, unfortunately, but, um, seen either post-pregnancy because there's going to be some hormone roller coasters there mm-hmm. or in a 
perimenopause. And a lot of that's because, um, you know, some, some zigzagging estrogen and decreased progesterone and all these things. Um, cause you know, everything's connected. I say this so much, um, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse sometimes, but it, but it really is, you know? So, um, so I think it's especially important to support our thyroid during this time. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's just the, the imbalances that are happening are going to, um, have a huge effect on that as well. Um, I love that you touched on how connected everything is. Like I, I'm the same, same feeling like I beat a dead horse, but I've heard it explained almost like an orchestra, right? Like everything, all the hormones and the endocrine system, it really just moves together to make a beautiful symphony. And when one instrument is off, it can throw the whole thing a little bit out of whack. Um, so in this time, obviously, when it's in it, when we're, we know we're having sort of some hormone dysregulation, what are what is the impact on the thyroid, or what are we noticing there? What might we so, feel in our body? So it can go one of two ways. So we can have an underactive thyroid, which is known as hypothyroidism, and that's actually the most common that we see. And then an overactive thyroid is hyperthyroidism. And there's multiple causes of each, but, um, some symptoms that we can see with hypothyroidism, which is the underactive is, uh, weight gain, which, uh, you know, connects with the, the perimenopause changes as well. Mm -hmm. Um, colder hands and feet where we can't really warm up very well. There's, um, some depression and mood shifts and, um, they're, can be constipation because it's actually slowing down our digestion or peristalsis, which is our digestive muscles. And, um, yeah, so muscle cramp, muscle weakness, just really the slowing down of the body, Mm. feeling some fatigue, um, like tired, no matter what you do or how much coffee or sugar you have, um, just constant fatigue. And then, on the other hand, with hyperthyroidism, um, it's it's kind of the opposite, but still some commonalities. So like nervous energy, mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety, and um, but still, yeah, um, some mood swings as well. Uh, hot, so you cannot feelings that you can't cool down, and that can sometimes be confused with hot flashes. But mm-hmm. uh, the difference is it's kind of this constant feeling of being hot versus a hot flash is, um, you know, just that a flash. So a period of time, um, of feeling that overheating. So, um, there's, there's so many commonalities and symptoms and it can actually be confusing. And I'm sure that's what you get with your clients sometimes. It's like, well, what if I have thyroid issues too? So, um, they can kind of go together. Yeah. Okay. So, and then how, what is it? Is it just this, the simple dysregulation of, you know, this natural dysregulation of our sex hormones as they change in this time that kind of impacts the thyroid? Or is there anything else in here in this time that's a more of a direct cause that's impacting the thyroid? So estrogen's a big one. Um, and so if estrogen is decreasing, um, then thyroid activity is naturally going to decrease and, um, our thyroid activity naturally decreases as we age, especially in menopause, it's just less active. Mm -hmm. Um, but that is going to be the main, um, I guess, catalyst for this. Mm -hmm. And again, I was saying post-pregnancy, same thing as well there. Um, and 
I mean, sometimes these things are just diagnosed or hereditary. Um, maybe, you know, your mom experienced this in, in perimenopause and that can come into play. If um, it's a period that you're experiencing, um, you're really stressed, lots of cortisol going on. Um, that's the stress hormone. So um, if you feel like you're going about your day in just a super stressed state, then um, that can trigger it, trigger it as well. And, and those two together. Yeah. It becomes a really tough cycle, right? This elevation of stress, because, you know, it's going to impact your thyroid. It's also going to impact your estrogen levels, which therefore impacts your thyroid and, and, and all the other systems, the digestive issues. So it it becomes a really tough cycle to break, especially when we're in this constant hustle, as we were talking about is constant, you know, low grade chronic stress life that we are all living in. Absolutely. I mean, it is an uphill battle at, at so many times, right? Just in the way that our lifestyles are built mm-hmm. um, and all the responsibilities that we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's kind of going against the grain at times, trying to to calm this this chronic um, elevated cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a really powerful thing that you just said. It's going against the grain. It it really is requiring us at this stage to say like, that doesn't work anymore. That way of living, we have to find a different way. Um, And it's significant. And it's also why I think I hear more and more, I'm like you, where this is not my first career, but you get this calling into something else. So I think you finally are like, no, 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 I need to live with in in integrity with myself here. And people don't always realize how important that is, even to just our overall health, because it's all tied together. Again, another thing that's a you know an orchestra and not just an individual. It's so true. And I with hormones, we're always kind of aiming for that Goldilocks amount. Like it's, you know, we think cortisol is bad, right? But we can't live without it. And it's actually very important. So, um, so with both nutrients and with hormones, we're always kind of, um, yeah, I like to say Goldilocks. We're always looking for, to be in balance and Mm -hmm. that's homeostasis. So yeah. Yeah. Not too small, not too big and <laughs> not too much, not too hot, not too cold. I love, I love that. I've never heard that term like this way before. And I really, really like it. So, okay. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, when you, have you experienced any of this for yourself, any of these issues? I have never been diagnosed, but now what I know, what I know now from, from everything I've seen with clients and, and everything I've learned in my education, there are times in my life where I can look at point. Mm-hmm. My thyroid was so functioning properly at that time. Um, and it was definitely times of constant stress, not getting enough nutrients that now I know support thyroid mm-hmm. um, function. Um, so once it's, I feel like seeing those signs is, um, but, um, but there's also like, of course, testing that people who think they may have thyroid issues, but it doesn't always show up on tests if there's, um, if it's not functioning properly. So it can be tough there. 
It can, right? And even you can go, I know when I went to have like my hormones checked, it's like, everything's fine, but I feel terrible. <laughs> you know, I don't understand. So, so when, when we're thinking about obviously women like us, you know, women in our, in our going through these things who are either beginning to suffer, or maybe have been suffering. I mean, obviously it's important to go to your healthcare practitioner and, you know, get checked out. I think that's, uh, you know, a no brainer. We'll throw that out there, but you know, for those of us who maybe come back from that and don't have any more clear answers, or maybe there's people in the world who are like, I'm just too busy to get there. You know, what are some of the things, you know, because it sounds like the symptoms are pretty recognizable and they're going to drive you to make a change because you're uncomfortable. So, but what are some of the things we can start to do to support our thyroid functionality and health that you recommend? So optimal nutrition is, is really going to be the foundation of this. So, um, we can't get a lot of places to, to heal ourselves in this way, unless we've kind of built that foundation. Mm. Um, so again, everything's connected. So there's many different nutrients that come into play and, and we can look at those individually, but it's going to come down to, uh, a whole foods diet balanced with, um, animal products. If that's, if that's in your diet, uh, lots of, you know, whole fruits and vegetables, whole grains, if that is in your diet, nuts and seeds. And, um, the reason that I mention animal products and that's like full fat dairy, grass fed, mm. um, grass fed meat is because, um, amino acid is specifically tyrosine, the amino acid, which, um, is, very important in the creation and uptake of thyroid hormone. Oh, interesting. And is yeah. it only found in, in animal products? It's never found in any other type of combination of vegetable proteins? No, it is actually also in pumpkin seeds and bananas and some other seeds, but um, it's much more bioavailable in animal products, which just means that it's much easier for our body to absorb. And I've always heard this too. People used to say you are what you eat, but ultimately we are what we assimilate, right? What we can actually absorb and take out of our food. So that's important to note what you just said there. I if love that. Yeah. You are what you assimilate. Cause I mean, we can be eating the healthiest diet there is. There's like a leaky gut issue. Um, we could just be losing everything. And, and there, so there's so much, so much more to it. Mm-hmm. So when you're working with your clients, um, you know, obviously everyone is bio-individual. So where we start can be different, but this, this kind of first piece of, you know, nutrition, is that your main foundation? We start with like bringing us to a good fa uh, nutritional foundation piece. I mean, that is the core of what I do, but I also have like lifestyle components. So um, of course, movement, I call it movement versus exercise because Ew, I love that. Yeah. Um, well, when people think of exercise, they think of like isolated, um, you know, isolated periods at the gym or in a exercise class, or even just going on a walk. But I think thinking of a movement based lifestyle, even if we do have a career that's based in a desk at a computer, cause that is, um, you know, so many people these days, but still trying to build that movement-based lifestyle yeah. apart from like getting exercise in isolated periods. But, um, 
So that component also, uh, toxin reduction is something I definitely focus on. And, um, because there's, there's a lot of things in our environment, chemicals, our environment that, um, mimic estrogens. And so these are called xenoestrogens, um, or phytoestrogens and, um, they're in so many things and we just can't avoid them completely, but, uh, some of them are like plastic water bottles, plastic wrap, uh, receipts is an unfortunate part. Cause we, you know, always have to touch them, but they're actually full of these like xenoestrogens that are now in. I don't think I knew that. I didn't know that one receipts. Like, so someone gives you yeah. a receipt and it is, yes. what is it? The ink, the paper, what it's is the it? paper? Yeah. It's, Um, it's a chemical that's in the paper and uh, in, you know, research literature. Now they're starting to call these obesogens, which is super scary because it's just throwing, they're very harmful for, um, for our body and just throwing our hormones off. So, um, those are a couple of things drinking out of plastic water bottles is a big one that we want to avoid, um, like regular one that you might just buy because you're like, Oh, I'm thirsty. I need to quit. And you didn't fill your own water bottle, like buying like the Dasani's and the stuff out. I see what you're saying. Exactly. And then also, um, filtering our water. So drinking filtered water versus tap water, um, is better. Tap- you're saying that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I have to tell you like that receipt one is crazy. I mean, certainly you know, another reason to go paperless, but I think like what we don't always realize or give credit to is that our skin is like the largest, most porous organ on our body on and in our body. And so when we're exposing it, and that's not even to talk about like blue light or, you know, or regular cleaning product toxins or the skincare products that we even get into. These are just some really basic things that we use every day that you're talking about. Absolutely. So yeah, think care products is a huge one along with like household products, cleaning products. So um, what I always tell my clients to do is there's a great database. So it kind of does it for you. You just type in whatever product you like, or you're thinking of buying, um, just kind of going through your household and typing this into the environmental working group database. I think it's just ewg.com and they have a, a database called skin deep. And that includes the, you know, makeup, sunscreens, um, you know, body care products, all of that. And then they have a, a house cleaning product database. So um, there are just separate search databases and it rates it on a scale of one to 10. And I tell my clients go for a three and above below. If you really love something, um, it's just making conscious choices. Right. So trying to stay in balance, like that 80, 20 concept. So, sorry, you think it's ewgd.com? It's ewg.com. Okay. We'll put this in the show notes. So I just want to, for anyone who's listening here and what you're saying is you can go on both for the you know the skincare and the cleaning products in their database and search the stuff that you use and you're shooting for a three or below. Absolutely. And it, it kind of has information about what's in it, why it's harmful and, and some research and things like that. Yeah, I love that. 
So one movement and two. And I think what's important here, I love that when you talked about, you know, I brought up, you, you said nutrition, and I was, is this the foundation? And you're like, well, there's these other more lifestyle pieces. And I think what's so important to point out about the lifestyle pieces is it's like, it's really easy for anyone like us who's educated in nutrition to be like, here's what you eat, but it's hard to follow that. And it's these lifestyle pieces. I think that that start to make it a little bit easier to follow that nutrition piece, you know, by giving, you know, creating some space for you to have, you know, less stress. So you're not reaching for the things that, you know, maybe a little bit more time, a little bit more comfort in your body. So you're not just reaching for those things that aren't very healthy. It's kind of bringing some awareness. So I love this. So the movement and exercise toxin reduction, and I cut you off. I'm sorry if we were still in toxin reduction, because this is fascinating. Oh, no, I just, I so agree with, uh, with what you're saying about, you know, using these lifestyle components to help Mm. follow this, follow the, you know, nutrition advice and things, because, um, we can't, for example, like it's going to be nearly impossible to fix blood sugar if we're not getting sleep. Um, so I mean, sleep is another, you know, lifestyle component that is just so important because, um, you know, on days we're not getting enough sleep, our body's going to be producing more ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone and suppressing leptin, which is the appetite suppressing hormone. So if we're trying to lose weight and, um, you know, manage our blood sugar or any of these things, and we're from the moment that we wake up, our body is working against us. Um, so there's these little ways setting us up for success in our health goals and, and just, um, you know, getting to our optimal health space. And it's just wild that we don't, you know, you're right. When you, you don't realize how, when we don't sleep, it, it, it fundamentally, it becomes like physically impossible to say no to these things because we're just out of energy. So you're just, you're like you said, you're working against your body that is craving, more food and energy, energy dense food, which is always the unhealthiest of the foods and the inflammatory foods. So it's a really, you know, people, I think, and then I think the world teaches us or tells us to feel badly about ourselves for not having, you know, more willpower or whatever. It starts to do a big number on us in all the ways. And yet ultimately it's not really your fault. It's just your body's natural way of survival. We just need to work with it instead of against it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Working with our body's way of survival as opposed to against it. Yeah, that's great. It's uh, um, so, and what do you notice? Can you speak much to sort of, I guess the thyroid and what is happening in the thyroid during our, our like female hormone rhythm during the different parts of our cycles is, does it change too much? Do you know much about that? So the thyroid is, is pretty stable as far as just in general, we're always wanting it to kind of move at the same rate, but however, Um, if we think about body temperature, that's also regulated by the thyroid. So our body temperature actually changes throughout our cycle. Um, and that's again, regulated by our thyroid. So that's another way this is, you know, all connected and things. And then, um, in our, you know, PMS stage that we're thinking, which is like typically right before our period, or maybe in the very beginning of our period, um, our serotonin is going to drop a bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's another way that we really need to take care of ourselves during that time, because we're more sensitive 
to, um, I guess, things that can throw us off mm-hmm. and get in the way of, of living a healthy lifestyle, living a healthy lifestyle, excuse me. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It's just, like you said, everything kind of ties together that way. Um, okay. So I, 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 we were talking about nutrition, we're talking about movement, toxin reduction. Is there anything else that you like to start with or like to focus on when it comes to helping nourish and foster a healthy thyroid? Yeah, I think, um, being careful with, with restrictive diets as well, even, um, even intermittent fasting, because anything that is putting stress on the body is going to affect the thyroid because, uh, your body, you know, anything that is making your body feel not safe. Um, so we want to keep, or I guess, for example, like, you know, if we're intermittent fasting, that's putting some stress on the body or having, or restricting certain foods, then, um, that could be restricting nutrients, Mm -hmm. uh, restricting carbs, restricting fats, especially we don't want to restrict healthy fats because there's so many important nutrients in the fat that is, um, is helping our thyroid function. So being careful about that, um, little things like eating, you know, within an hour of waking, um, not, or not having coffee before eating. So either having breakfast with coffee or, um, before coffee, just because the caffeine can, um, set on us on like a little bit of a cortisol insulin roller coaster that, um, affects everything. So (laughs) it really does. It's, it's such a a simple thing. And you know, when I think about before I even got into this, you know, this area, understanding hormones and holistic health more, I lived more in the fitness industry and, you know, caffeine on an empty stomach is a, is a pretty common staple in the fitness industry in a pre-workout and things like that, you know, certainly fasted workouts. So you're going hours even without eating, like, and then absolutely intermittent fasting is something that is, you know, touted a lot. And, you know, I'm never one to say like, you should never do this or never do that. But I think understanding that, you know, we're in this delicate balance and what we're trying to kind of foster in our body is like a safe, warm, more predictable space just while it goes through this transition. It's like, I have a 13 year old daughter. She's definitely, you know, going through those, those years and it's a lot. And they, even all the parenting books, they talk to you like, you just want to create a really steady home environment. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here. And when you throw in, like you said, these like caffeine on an empty stomach and intermittent fasting, it's, it's, you're throwing them in during a time where it's, it's just not the best time for that. We need, we need peace. Absolutely. I mean, we're in such a a more delicate balance at this time, Mm. as opposed to, you know, maybe later post-menopause when things are more stable or, you know, in twenties when hormones are a little more stable, still, still kind of, cause I mean, we're women, right. And it's, our hormones are so much more complicated than men. Um, and we are always in a delicate (laughs) balance to, so to some extent. Yeah. 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 We're just, we're just more complex, a little more colorful. (laughs) That's all. Um, well, we have the two hormone rhythms. There's just a little bit more to it. That's all. And, uh, yeah, I love that. That's, that's so interesting. 
Um, what else was I going to ask you about that piece there? I think, I think when it comes to, and I'd love to hear, I guess, your thoughts on this as well, when it comes to, um, choosing to do these other things, right? Cause we're, we're, we're caught in this land where there's a little bit of FOMO when we're constantly inundated now more than ever before of the latest fads of doing things or all the ways we can do things, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and I, sometimes I think before we dive into a new methodology, can we just bring ourselves back to a like, again, a really steady basis and foundation, like before you decide to try out this way of eating or that way of eating or intermittent fasting, can we make sure that we do know how to eat whole foods, three meals a day, and that we're sleeping these eight hours and living this movement lifestyle? Can we get these foundations down before we start adding more on? Did you, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, there's so much nutrition information out there and, um, it is often overcomplicated really what we need. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, in so many other, you know, cultures that aren't necessarily as affected by Western civilization and the standard American diet Mm -hmm. don't necessarily think that much about what they're eating. It's culture based. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's based on, you know, bringing people together and, um, and their own routines. Right. So I think it's often over complicated and in specific issues, like if there's a thyroid, um, problem that we need to be aware of like hypothyroidism, there's certain foods that we need to be careful with. Like, we're not going to want to eat a ton of cruciferous vegetables because that can actually inhibit, um, the iodine uptake, which, um, controls like how much thyroid that we're producing and secreting. So, um, but really hypo or hyper basics, hypothyroidism. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that can be confusing to people. if They just hear, you know, support your thyroid, stop eating so many, stop eating like raw, um, cauliflower, raw broccoli, or big, um, kale salads. And it's just, if you have a diagnosed thyroid problem, or you think something might be, you might have an underactive thyroid, not like eating a giant bowl of cruciferous vegetables every day. Got it. And that does, you know, bring to mind the importance of variety, I think, in our food. If for the most part, when it comes to whole foods, if you're creating a bit more variety, which is difficult because then you have to think about what you're going to eat. You can't just eat the same thing all the time. Um, But that matters. It really does. And um, I think... um, I think that, you know, there's such a variety of nutrients that we need. So that's why people say, you know, get all the colors on your plate and, um, all the, the different types of foods getting, you know, half your plate being veggies. Cause they're so nutrient dense. And then, um, animal products do provide quite about a bit of nutrient available, um, mm-hmm. easily absorbed by the body and, um, yeah, healthy fats and oils and and all that stuff. So everything really comes into play. Mm, I love that. So what do you wish every woman knew about their thyroid? I'm putting you on the spot. I know here, but you know, if you, cause this is obviously an area that you care about and you connect with, 
what do you wish or what do you think every woman should know? I think everyone should know that that it optimal nutrition, it will support your thyroid is the foundation of it. But also that what the thyroid is doing, like for your metabolism. Um, I think when people are thinking, I need to boost my metabolism, right? Like Mm -hmm. I need to, to lose weight. So I want to boost my metabolism. And I feel like I have a sluggish metabolism. I get that a lot. Um, so that is thyroid. Um, so if you're thinking metabolism, you can just skip straight to thyroid and supporting your thyroid health. And, um, I don't think that knowledge is so readily out there at that point at this point. And what's so fascinating about that is, um, you know, from my background, when I hear clients say that there's a lot of this, you know, their thought process is like, well, what kind of workout should I be doing to rev up my metabolism? Which is, you know, a one, a maximum one hour situation a day. I mean, I don't work out that amount, but that's sort of what you're looking at. Whereas nutrition, which is ultimately what you're saying is going to support and nourish our thyroid is such a, has a bigger impact. So you're way better off, like moving slower, taking that effort you might put into a hard workout to nourish your thyroid through food. Did I get that right? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if we're having a restrictive diet, then mm-hmm. there's inevitably going to be nutrients that we're not getting that the thyroid needs to do what it does. And are there specific like micronutrients that you know of, or that you think about when it comes to like what is required by the thyroid? I know you said, um, iodine, right? Yes. And most people naturally get enough in their diet, but another nutrient that's very important is selenium. And what I recommend for my clients for this is, um, a food, there is a magical food that can serve as a supplement for selenium and that's Brazil nuts. Yes. I've heard this. Yes. They are so high in selenium that you only need two per day. Um, so, and it's so easy if you just have some on hand and just plain raw Brazil nuts and one to two a day. And that has enough selenium as if you're having a selenium supplement. Um, and probably more bioavailable because it's a natural occurring food. Exactly. Exactly. Cause you know, it's always better to get it through food and, um, they are a fatty nut, which is going to help with the absorption. Um, and for people who like to have coffee before eating, I tell them have two Brazil nuts and a few berries and if you really don't want to, you know, eat, just have that. And they're like, okay, I can do that. I yeah. can do that. And that ends up being so helpful for thyroid. Um, there's also magnesium, which I think everyone can use a supplement for. And, um, there's different types of magnesium and that can be very confusing for people. So it's like, Oh, take magnesium. And then you go to the store and there's like five different kinds. Can you clear that up for us right now? Can you clear up what we should be looking for? Yes, absolutely. So the most common and the cheapest form is magnesium oxide Mm -hmm. and it has its place. Uh, it's going to be, it's most likely going to be in a multivitamin if you're taking one. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
it has its place and it's good for constipation. It kind of helps us become more regular. And um, there's also magnesium citrate, which is similar. Uh, What I recommend is magnesium glycinate. It's um, easier on the digestion. It also has a calming effect on the nervous system. So it can help with stress, which, uh, which, you know, we can all use some help with there, I think, and taking that at night. And I think that's something great for everyone to be taking. Yes. Oh, I love that. This is amazing. So magnesium at night and then Brazil nuts in the morning. Yeah. Awesome. Brazil nuts whenever, but um, yes, I guess they are a a great food. Yeah. I love that you give that as an offering because um, as much as you know, I, I have read ample things that suggest, you know, really having no caffeine at all. And I'm still going to drink my daily coffee. So I respect and understand that there are going to be things and balances, checks and balances that people like to, you know, as you were saying earlier with the products, you know, you know, knowing and being aware of what your choices are. So I love that you kind of gave that, that offering, that example of if you're going to do it, here's a way to make it a little bit better for you. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, again, like you said, setting yourself up for success uh, with these small changes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So selenium, magnesium, anything else in particular that helps support our thyroid when it comes to micronutrients? Yes. So, um, definitely vitamin a, like we said, so that's full fat dairy is great for that. Uh, also vitamin B like vitamin B 12. Um, so for vegetarians, definitely, you know, that's kind of a no brainers supplementing with that. Um, Uh, potassium is helpful with getting the thyroid hormone into the cell, um, which is the issue that actually doesn't show up on, on thyroid tests. So, um, so that's really important and sorry. Yes. Bananas. (laughs) How would you say bananas? You know, as I love as as we've talked about these, you've kind of done such a helpful thing in, in explaining the real food that could be a good option in lieu of the supplement. You know, sometimes it's, you know, it's always best to get our, our nutrients through real food. So it's, it's great to hear you say that, but so potassium and, and I cut you off. Sorry. Yeah. And it's, it is harder to get all of our nutrients from food these days, even if we're eating, you know, a whole foods diet, part of that's because of the soil, but, um, I think that's why, you know, we can all benefit from some supplements, especially vitamin D. Um, cause you know, we get it from the sun and it's some from food like eggs and mushrooms, but, um, typically we don't have enough. So supplementing with vitamin D as well, because, uh, vitamin D deficiency is uh, associated with thyroid issues. So awesome. Oh, that's really, really helpful you know, all of these. Okay. And, and then any other foods that you would recommend that really are like pack a punch when it comes to nourishing this super organ? Yeah. So pumpkin seeds are great. Um, zinc is another, mm-hmm. uh, food, or I mean, excuse me, nutrient that is important in the thyroid and, um, oysters are full of zinc as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's great. And, I think there's really just eating a whole balanced whole foods diet because all these nutrients work together. So not, you know, isolating these, but, um, uh, but pumpkin seeds are also have uh, vitamin a as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. I love it. And going back to what we were saying about, you know, all the hormones in the body, you know, being like this 
orchestra or how they all work together and linked. It's all of these supplements that you've mentioned are certainly supplements that support really all your hormonal and your adrenal function. So, you know, it's like you said, if, if you can lean into this whole food diet, this whole food way of eating, I suppose the better way, you know, and you consider some of these foods to support the micronutrients in your body, then you're already ahead of the game. And it's just those lifestyle choices that can help make this transition easier on you. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. This has been so incredible. Do you have anything else you want to add or, or, you know, better yet, how can, you know, if people want to learn, if women want to learn more about their thyroid or working with you, how can they reach you? Yeah. So, um, I am most active on Instagram. That's Hannah Mullen health. And, uh, my website also is, uh, Hannah And, um, those are the best ways to get in touch with me and get more information. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been such a beautiful conversation. I will make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes as well, but I really appreciate your knowledge and, you know, your time today, Hannah, it's been, it's been so wonderful to connect with you and learn more about this. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun chat. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.